0: The presenting sponsor of Behind the Beak is Down in Front Productions. DIFP is a video production company located in Birmingham, Alabama, that strives to provide high-quality video services for your business or event at very competitive prices with a personal approach. They specialize in sporting events, weddings, and business videography, but also provide recording and video editing work for other events such as seminars, commercials, and concerts. Give Dustin and the crew a call at 205-588-0868, or visit them at DIFPBHAM.com. That's D-I-F-P-B-H-A-M.com to see how they can help you. Down in Front Productions, the presenting sponsor of Behind the Beak. time this is behind the beat the official podcast of jacksonville state athletics now here's your host tyler brown hello everyone and welcome into behind the beat the official podcast of jacksonville state athletics i'm tyler brown and alongside me this week is my co-host avery davis who's back on campus for the first time uh, since uh, covid really shut down everything on
1: campus uh, avery welcome back oh it's great to be back great to be back on campus looking forward to a exciting year hopefully uh getting sports back as soon as possible right
0: just keeping up with you over the summer i know you've been very busy i kept up with you on youtube you had a lot of projects that you did tell us about some of the things you were doing and i you know in a sense you're kind of working
1: on your broadcasting skills oh yeah uh obviously uh not a lot to do at home except for work right got to work with the church some doing some youth ministry doing uh, some vacation Bible school with the the new normal, as we say. Got to reach several people through the means that we have and excited to do that. Got to work back at home with a small business, doing a small internship there. But more than anything, really excited to get back to Jacksonville, excited for, for a big upcoming year.
0: Avery, just from the college students' perspective, this is Monday, August 17th, that we're recording this. This will come out on Tuesday, which is the first day of classes but over the weekends you took that time to move back into campus. This is the third year that you're moving into JSU. How has this year, from your perspective, been different from the past two years?
1: Most of the students have been moving back uh, yesterday, today. Uh, everybody's looking forward to getting back on campus. There's, there's kind of an energy uh, for this upcoming year as, as things are kind of restarting again, but you can feel that something's not quite right. Without having sports, uh, without having a knowledge of exactly how everything's going to go, looking looking forward to the class schedule and different things. With our classes for as a student, we'll be looking at one day a week, maybe. Uh, obviously, smaller class sizes, so it'll be it'll be something to adjust to. A lot of a lot of online learning, uh, but but we got to roll with the punches. We've done that since March, right? So looking forward to it. Hopefully, hopefully we can do it in a way that, that will get us back as soon as possible.
0: And then just to let everyone know that you know that's not here on campus, that's not a student, how things are going, what are some of the safety precautions that you as a student and really the entire student body is taking to defend themselves against the virus? And Because obviously, like you were talking about, maybe one class a week depending, and then uh, smaller class sizes, things like that. What are some precautions that you and the student body
1: are having to take? Uh, smaller class sizes is one of the biggest ones. Uh, obviously, we're, everybody on campus has to wear a mask. Any any university building that we're in, we have to wear a mask. I believe we just came into a yellow zone so that, that allows us to have 50 people in an event setting uh, where it was just 20. So hopefully that is, is a move in the positive direction. Other than that, it's, it's pretty much just the, the same thing that everybody else is having to do, right? Uh, just mask, social distancing every student here has had to have the COVID-19 test. I'm sure every faculty and and staff have had to have that too. And, and it looks like most students are, are testing negative. So that's, that's very positive.
0: And for you, I know a lot of people, you know, when you, when you see them take the test, there's, there's one that looks pretty rough. What was it like for you? Was it the The softer swab, you know, that didn't really tickle your brain, or was that one, did you get one of the tougher ones?
1: I was happy that I got to do my own and swab it around the the rim of my nose there and not have to uh, tickle my brain a little bit, so it wasn't near as uh, excruciating pain like I've heard from some people, Uh, but did test negative, so excited about that. And
0: that takes us kind of right into uh, telling you about who our guest is today. This is episode number 35 of the series. Later in the show, I jump on a Zoom call with Taylor West. Taylor is a former pitcher from the Gamecock softball team who is now working as a nurse. The 2018 graduate has spent the majority of her year in New York fighting COVID-19 and even contracted the virus herself while on the front lines. Her interview in just a few moments after some quick housekeeping notes and some news.
1: If you missed last week's episode... Our guest was former football analyst Ray Hammett. Ray announced his retirement from the Gamecock Radio Network a few weeks ago, and we caught up with him to talk about his retirement plans, his time on the radio, and revisit some of his favorite JSU football moments. If you want to give it a listen, all previous episodes of the podcast can be streamed at jsugamecocksports.com podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.
0: In athletics news, the Ohio Valley Conference last Friday announced the postponement of fall competition and championships. That decision includes football, cross-country, soccer, and volleyball moving to the spring due to concerns and uncertainty surrounding the COVID-19 pandemic. It also includes fall competitive schedules for golf, tennis, and non-traditional competition seasons for baseball and softball. However, Athletic Director Greg Seitz is working to schedule a four-game non-conference football season for the fall, so we're hoping to be able to release a four-game schedule soon with the football conference schedule planned to be played in the spring. Here is head football coach John Gross addressing the media following the announcement. It's like, uh, I'm, I'm glad we got an opportunity, you know, because you felt like that opportunity was going to be taken away from you as a week kind of played out. And, you know, you kind of seen this coming and you just didn't know, uh, you know, what was going to happen because it's been kind of like a roller coaster all week long. And you know? I've, I've said this went from a week-to-week deal, to day-by-day, and almost hour-by-hour. So, you know, we're still alive right now. So, I mean, we got a chance to play, and I'm excited for our our football team to have an opportunity, you know. And now you just don't know what next week looks like, but uh, you don't have a schedule and all that stuff. So uh, we're we're hoping for the best and hope we can continue staying in the game and, and get to play. That's everything new happening around athletics, and now it's time for today's featured guest. Between regular seasons and tournament crowns, Taylor West contributed to six Ohio Valley Conference titles as a member of the JSU softball team. A nursing major, West was the recipient of the 2017 Eagle Owl Award for her performance on the field, in the classroom, and in her community over her four-year career. Since graduating in 2018, Taylor has worked as a nurse in the Chattanooga area, but recently took an offer to move to New York and work with COVID-19 patients. Back in the Tennessee Valley... Wes shares about her recent opportunity and the turn her profession has taken since March. Here's today's featured guest, Taylor West. Joining me on the podcast this week is former Gamecock softball pitcher Taylor West. Taylor, uh, you are Eastern Time Zones. We found out just a few minutes ago we had our start times mixed up, but uh, welcome (laughs) on to the podcast.
2: Yes, thank you for having me.
0: So tell me what you're doing right now. You obviously... You were a nursing major while you were here at JSU, and you pursued that career after graduation. Uh, tell me what you're doing now.
2: So currently now I'm doing travel nursing. Um, the current job I'm I'm on now um, is in Cleveland, Tennessee. It's a 11-week contract that I'm taking out there so I can stay local and coach high school softball at the same time.
0: And so for... Those that don't know, Cleveland, Tennessee is just about 30 minutes north of Chattanooga on I-75 and then you're currently living in Ringgold, Georgia, which you were talking about is basically Chattanooga. You're just about seven minutes outside of town. Whenever you first graduated, you had a job at Erlanger Medical System, which is one of the largest hospitals in Chattanooga. So tell me what your job was like whenever you first got out of college, the job that you took with Erlanger, and then tell me about how that kind of evolved here recently with COVID-19.
2: So the job I took in at Erlanger um, was an intensive recovery unit job. So we're in the middle of med search and the ICU. So we get a wide range of everything. Uh, we still get the drips and the vents and all the critical care patients. But um, you also get your patients that maybe have a brain bleed. And so they can't handle them on the floor because they have to be in restraints or sedated and all of that. Um so I was working there for about almost a year and a half. Then um, COVID hits, where Erlanger, which is the number one trauma hospital that feeds Alabama, Tennessee, and Georgia, um, basically turned into a ghost town. Most most of the places in the hospital, so our hours begin getting cut just because you don't have the patient load to um, carry enough nurses. So I decided, really, just one night at work that. I would want to look into tribal nursing and so I signed up with a few agents and actually had one call me right when I got off and um started looking around at different jobs and so I think that was on a Monday and by that Friday I signed a contract to go to New York and turned in my two week notice worked that out and two weeks later on a Saturday end up heading up to New York and stay there for 14 weeks.
0: Around about what time was that during the pandemic? I'm, I'm sure it was early. Are we looking around March, April?
2: It was April. So my first day, or we got to New York, I had, a I had a girl travel with me that, um, had worked with me on the same unit. Um, we got there on the 19th of April. So we were really about from the hospital that we worked at, which was uh, also a number one or level one trauma hospital. So it's just like Erlanger, um, we were about a week behind the hardest hit that they had had. So we worked for about a month in the craziness with the COVID and it slowly began to transition back to normal. We still had COVID in the hospital and continue to have patients that were testing negative and then they were testing positive And it was kind of like just a mix up. It was just hard to keep it separated just because it's just such a new disease. Um, so really, we worked COVID the whole time, but the first month or so was the really hectic, crazy COVID. Continue wearing PPE, just just the what you see on the news, basically.
0: Obviously, a position like yours was in high demand. You talked about having the phone call to pick up that job as soon as you got off your shift at Erlanger. Tell me yeah. what the hours were like that you were working during that time.
2: So there, the contract, um, a lot of the contracts that they were taking um, were 13-week contracts that they were wanting you to stay, or you work four days a week. So your normal schedule nursing is 312s. I worked nights at Erlanger. I ended up working days when I was at North Shore in New York, Um, but we were working four days a week. Um, And it was exhausting. It was because it's a completely different environment um, with travel nursing. You come in, you get a day of orientation and you're on the floor. And then you've got it was a new challenge, too, with um, COVID because you're not used to the PPE and all that kind of learning how they function with it all. Um, so we were I was working. I would get there about 630 in the morning and I would leave about 730, 745 at night
0: how does that schedule compare to playing division one softball while also trying to major in nursing in college?
2: Um, almost the same, (laughs) (laughs) Um, really. So nursing in college, it just depends on the day. If we had weightlifting that day, I was probably going in, um, about an hour earlier than everybody else. Me and um, Emily Woodruff would go in about an hour earlier, get that done. Um, go to clinicals all day, show up, go to practice, and then stay in the library till 11 o'clock at night. So really, those days were probably longer or a lot longer, and those were maybe five days a week, plus when you're traveling on the weekend. So it was it was like another job in a way, I guess, but it was well worth it. I enjoyed every bit of it, honestly.
0: New York was in the news a lot. They had a ton of cases whenever this first really hit, And so that was the place that uh, needed the most attention. That's where you were sent. Tell me what it was like whenever you first arrived in New York. And I know since then their numbers have come down significantly, but tell me what it was like when you first arrived there, what the case numbers were like and what you were seeing on a day-to-day basis.
2: So um, it just depended on where you were in the hospital. On my floor, um, we had, I believe it was a 34 bed floor so we were having two patients per room which is not normal down here it's normal up there because their population is so large so every one of these patients are having covid and we're usually taking six patients a day um and the patient's acuity level changes drastically um you have a patient that is satting well whenever you so their o2 levels are very hi they're doing great when you first get there and then 30 minutes later um they're dropping and you're calling a rapid on them and possibly intubating them and it was just crazy to see all of that and then you have like my roommate who worked in the ICU where when she first got there they had them in the PACU so it was just one wide open room and you had just i think it was i think they had 20 beds in there and they're literally just stacked up on top of each other with these patients that are sedated on a vent with five different drips going. And it's just their bodies, your bodies just don't react to it well when you're once you're in that state because um, everything starts shutting down a little bit. So it's just, it's a crazy environment to see. It's crazy to see. Um, they actually did have the trucks out there where they were having to take bodies out. And I could see that from my floor. So that's kind of, it's I wouldn't call it I guess traumatizing but it is something that you don't think you would see at a hospital you just don't you don't think about that but it's hard to see when they're taking out five bodies at a time and it's all day long um so that was really that was a lot of the first month once that was over with um or once that first month was over everything started calming down but when I first got there the whole floor or the whole hospital so it's nine floors probably seven out of the nine floors were COVID. And I mean, it's a, I don't know how many beds the hospital is, but it's, like I said, it's like Erlanger, if not bigger.
0: And for you, you're right in the middle of the fire. You're right there where a lot of these cases are. You're, you're face to face with people that have the virus and almost inevitably you end up contracting the virus yourself.
2: Yes. yes. And for me, I don't, I wouldn't say it has to do anything with a, don't think it has to do anything with health. I do, um, enjoy health i do enjoy working out and all that and i am young um so i just lost my sense of taste and smell um and that was about it i had a little bit of shortness of breath if i was maybe working out but other than that it it was fine for me um but i had a very very mild case
0: whenever you first found out that you were positive what were your thoughts
2: I wasn't, honestly, I wasn't scared because I mean, you do see all of this, but because of how I felt, I was not scared. Um, But it was definitely interesting to see um, really what a a lot of my concern was work. What am I going to do about work? How are we going to handle this? Um, I'm up here in New York. Are you going to send me home? Or what? I mean, I'm in a hotel room. How do I handle that? How do I stay away from people in a hotel? Plus, I have my dog. I have to go outside and take her outside. So it was, that was a little bit of a challenge too. Um, just trying to stay away from people and not freak everybody else out at the hotel. <laughs> but um, I don't know, it was, it was definitely an interesting process. And I, I, this is probably gonna sound crazy, but it's kind of cool to be able to experience that and not, I guess, be a part of this disease, but like kind of understand a little bit more, okay, this is what it is. And this is why it came on and all of that
0: so one of the positives that you can pull from this is that since you've had the virus, you can now donate plasma and be a part of the recovery and helping people to either get better faster or to, you know, possibly avoid it altogether. Is that something that you plan to do?
2: Yes, I would be very interested in, um, donating my plasma. The first step I would like to do is, um, check my antibodies and get them drawn or those drawn uh, because several people I worked with up there had COVID even before I came on the floor um, and they had their antibodies and it's cool to see some people had it but barely had any antibodies. Other people didn't even know they had it um, and had a very high um, test for antibodies. So I'd like to be interested to see even if I do have it and how high is it and how beneficial it would be to be able to donate that plasma.
0: In the grand scheme of things, you, you go to New York for a few months, you're right on the battlefront of this virus. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's in, you know, your chosen profession, what you've wanted to do all your life. You, you yep. get to see another part of the country. You get to live up there for a while, all in all, despite the negatives that this virus is and what it's done to the country, what were some of the positives that you were able to pull from this?
2: It was so a very positive experience for me when I first got there. Um, Cause I went in with a, Oh, and I guess an open mind and trying to have an open heart and open eyes in a faith based way. Um, I am a Christian. I'm um, very like, that's my dedication in life to God. So, I wanted to maybe have an impact on a situation and that's anytime in nursing, of uh, these people are sick, they're laying in a the bed, they're hurting, um, maybe having more of a positive attitude and just kind of having that light shine through me. Um, so I had an experience when I first got there, um, it was actually my second day on the floor. My first, it was my first patient that I had by myself when I got up there. And, um, he ended up, he had a rough morning that morning because his roommate ended up have, we had to do a rapid on him. So he ended up getting transferred to the ICU and it just scared him, of course, because he's in that same position. And then he was also worried about the roommate. Um, and we were just in there talking and he just out of nowhere just says, I think God sent you here for me. And so that was just more reassurance for me that this is where I'm supposed to be in life right now. Um, these are the steps I'm supposed to be taking. And we had a long conversation about faith in God and um, kind of got to hear his testimony, and I got to share mine, and so that was a really awesome um, experience and reassurance. Um, another positive is I made great friends up there. The people I worked with, I couldn't ask for a better group of people to work with. The techs, the nurses, the doctors, the nurse practitioners, they were amazing. Um, I've always been very fortunate to have a lot of good coworkers, um, but they were just worked as a unit. They knew coming in that you got it you have to help everybody it's either a sink or swim type situation right now everybody's uncomfortable nobody understands the process um so let's just have each other's back so that was that was an awesome part to come into and then of course just getting to see things i've never been to new york so getting to see things that i've never seen before such new york city we got to ride jet skis and um front of the statue of liberty and all that that was awesome um But also seeing Long Island, which a lot of people don't see, we stayed, I stayed in Long Island. Um, So that was, that was cool to see all these different little spots of like just water or different things that people just don't think about when they come to New York that are so um, unique to New York. So that was an awesome experience too.
0: Since you've returned from New York, you're still working with the same company out of Cleveland. What is your workday kind of like now, now that you are back in the South and, even though the virus is still going on. What's your work been like recently?
2: So I'm on a little bit different floor now. Um, and I'm a lot to where I'm at is a lot smaller hospital, um, which is fine. I mean, it's a great, it's just kind of like a hometown type hospital. It's cool. I've never worked in an experience, or a environment like that. Um, I'm back on night shift right now. I'm working weekends only. That way I'm able to coach softball during the week. Um, so really, I'm not, I don't have COVID patients right now. There's always the chance of having them, but the floor I'm on is more of a cardiac based floor and, um, going into the job, I thought I was going to be floating everywhere. So I figure I would be on COVID a lot and kind of was fortunate enough to not have to work in that environment right now. Um, so it's, it's been a good experience. Like the same thing here. I have a great group of people I'm working with. Um, it's nice being home. It's nice to be able to sleep in my own bed. Um, and see people I haven't seen in forever and trying to catch up with all of that.
0: We're inching back to normal. Uh, We still have a long way to go, obviously, but whenever things do eventually get back to as close to normal as they can, where do you see your career going after this?
2: Um, I feel like I'm kind of all over the place in my career in a way of, um, I think it has to do with sports too, especially growing up in high school. I was going from sport to sport to sport. Volleyball, basketball, and softball. So there was a constant change. So right now I see it um, from Tanova. I'll leave and I'll go somewhere else, honestly, um, wherever the best offer is and wherever I would like to go. Um, Not exactly sure exactly where that will be yet, um, but I'll take off and go there and then kind of just see where life takes me. I'm enjoying where I'm at right now. I'm enjoying traveling. So really, I'm 25. I'm young. and So there's no telling really where life's going to take, take me, but I'm just kind of taking it, I guess, job by job in a way. Um, I plan on sticking with travel nursing for a while, but if I settle in China, I love the area I'm at right now. If I settle there, great. If I don't, great too. So really, um, I'm kind of all over the place. I've thought about doing home insurance, um, through Blue Cross Blue Shield. Once I have the enough years of experience, I thought about possibly joining a military branch and becoming a nurse through that and maybe get my nurse practitioner degree in that. So it's just lots of different options and just kind of seeing once that it's time to cross that line, I'll cross that line, I guess.
0: You obviously did a lot of traveling with softball when you were with the Gamecocks and that kind of travels different because you always know you're coming back home after the weekend. And so you, you know that you're not permanently wherever you've gone to play softball but with the New York trip that you lived up there for a few months did that kind of open you up to more opportunities to say you know it, it wasn't too bad living here I think I might be able to do this somewhere else did it give you more confidence to say I could get a little farther from home
2: yes yes um and a lot of that too, I, I feel like I've changed a lot and not a bad way but just kind of opened my eyes to a lot of things when I went to New York um because you know in the south you get the whole well you got to get married and have kids and do this at a young age and that's great and everything that's great i have friends that i love their relationships they're in they have kids i love their kids and it's awesome and i always had that dream too and now i'm just kind of like oh mom this is great i love to travel and it's it's funny because my brother's always has always told me he's eight years older than me and he's always said go and do don't don't settle down yet go and do go and see um because he did college um, basketball. So he got to travel a lot recruiting and everything. And of course um, traveling while they were playing. So he got to see a lot. He was very encouraging, like go, go, go. So it's really opened my eyes to maybe I'm not ready to settle down yet. I'm ready to just keep going and keep moving. And I'm really, I'm just happy. I'm happy where I'm at in life right now. Um, And happy with the opportunities I've been given. I'm very fortunate of where I'm at um, in life. So, yes it's giving me the confidence kind of I feel like the door's wide open and I can kind of I can go wherever in the U.S. I can, I'm always going to get to come back home or I hope I'm always able to get to come back home um, and every job I go to is just going to be temporary it's never no matter how good or bad it is um, it's, uh, it's temporary and just enjoy the place I'm at right then.
0: To kind of bring it back around to Jacksonville State you graduated in 2018 and here we are in 2020 you've gone off to New York and you've been right in the middle of this battle against a virus. Tell me how much Jacksonville State prepared you for your career and what you've been able to go off and do within these past two years.
2: Yeah, so um, I played under some really great coaches. Um, Jana and Julie are awesome and even got to play under Sally some who's there now. They're just, I love their structure and um, their discipline and their drive and their push and always knowing that you can do better they always expect more out of you they always are pushing you to do something that's going to make you better in life and work harder and and they're hard on you but they're also there when you need them when you need a shoulder to cry on or you need just helping anything and so they've been great on just helping me just have that structure and that life and always having that urge to be happy where you're at but you know you can work to get more and you can focus to get more and they also they're very structured in a way of having the classes we'd always have about professional emails how to handshake and all all that stuff's huge and um how to handle yourself in a professional environment so I'm very very thankful that I was able to go to JSU and have those coaches to play under and see how to handle myself in today's society and what it means to really be a Gamecock and um, the pride behind that. So it was, it has molded me a lot and made me grow up a lot when I was there.
0: We joked about it just a few minutes ago, just talking about what your schedule was like in New York compared to what it was like to play D1 softball and be in nursing school. But on its own, nursing school is something that's extremely tough to get through. Jacksonville State is well known for its nursing program. What was it like for you both playing Division One softball, being as successful as you were on as many championship teams as you were, while also getting your degree in nursing?
2: It was tough, um, stressful. I, probably, I didn't sleep a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, you just don't have time, really, if you want to study. And so, um, But I love challenges, and I love things to push me, and I love, like I said, structure. I think that comes with the whole, maybe me may want to join a military branch, because I love that structure and discipline. Because um, it keeps you on schedule, but I am very thankful for the way the coaches worked with me, and also the way the nursing program worked with me. They were awesome. Um, they made it a lot easier on my life because you're skipping a lot of days. You're skip a lot of times. We would have Thursdays off for nursing school because it was a study day um, right after clinicals. But Friday we always had class, and there's a lot of times we we're gone on Friday. So they worked great with me, uh, making sure I had everything I needed to be able to pass the test and they communicated well with me um, and were very understanding and wanted athletes to be there in the class, very understanding of what was going on and um, that softball is important and it's paying for my education. Uh, So I don't know, it was, it was a great experience. It was hard. It was stressful, but I think, it also helped me grow into the person I am today.
0: I remember the 2017 student athlete banquet, uh, which is at the end of the season. And the two biggest awards are the male and female Eagle Owl awards that go to the top senior athlete in that class. And you won the 2017 Eagle Owl award, which goes into, it looks at athletic category. It looks at your classroom success and also your community service and whenever your name was announced you seemed very surprised by that why was that a surprise to you knowing you know what we know now as far as the student athletes you were on the field the classroom in your community you you were very surprised by that take me through whenever your name was called out for that
2: award it's just a surprise because i played with so many great athletes I think we had seven seniors that year seven or eight seniors that year and every one of those girls could have very well got that award too I like they were great people on and off the field did well in the classroom worked hard so it was very surprising to me um, that, I, that I did that I was able to get that award because it's such a big award and it's such a I guess for yourself it's a very rewarding reward and it's probably as a personal goal or personal experience it was probably one of my favorite parts of jsu um taking away the team and everything else out of that because um, those all those experiences that doesn't compare but um like i said it was just i played with great athletes the other the volleyball girls softball girls basketball girls they were all great athletes and i know they were great in the school um and great people so it's just kind of a toss-up of who was going to get it in my opinion um and i was just fortunate the one who actually got it at the end of it all
0: before we go, I know that just to kind of bring it back to the virus. You've been on the front lines. You've seen what it does. You you understand it more than you know the regular Joe would. Tell us basically what this virus is like, how we can protect ourselves from it, and what we can kind of expect within the uh, months moving forward. What we need to do and what we can expect from it.
2: Um, like kind of like we were talking before all of this. Um it's a lot of, I don't know right now. So nobody kind of really knows which direction to go in. Um, I will say that it is a real thing. It is what it, they say it was in New York. It's kind of hard to believe unless you see it with your own eyes sometimes. So it really, it killed massive, masses of people. Uh, um, I think personally you continue have, you have to live your life. And if this is the new normal, it's the new normal. And, um, Protect yourself, protect the people around you, um, but continue to enjoy life. And it's really, we don't know, I don't know where it's going to take us. I don't know if we're going to be able to develop something that is, because unfortunately, just like the flu, people are going to die from um, COVID. It's just inevitable. It's just, it's another disease and people are, it's going to kill people. But maybe, uh, hopefully, we can develop something that's going to drastically cut that rate down and, or some kind of preventative or something to change that because who knows if it's going to mutate to something else or um, where it's going to take in life. And at the end of the day, we're given one life. And me personally, I don't want to sit in my house the whole time. Um, I want to enjoy life. Um, just be smart, though. Do what they tell you to do i know everybody doesn't agree with it but the cbc and the government all have things out there that um they've put in place and so by americans we need to follow it and just kind of go with what they're saying but until then there's not many answers for it
0: well, taylor again thanks so much for coming on to the podcast with us today best of luck Stay healthy out there, and I know all of us here at Jacksonville State are very proud of you and what you've accomplished over the past year.
2: Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed
0: it. That'll do it for this week's edition of Behind the Beak. I hope that you and yours are healthy, and I'll talk to you again next week. I'll be back Tuesday with a brand-new episode and another guest. So for Avery Davis, I am Tyler Brown saying thank you for listening, and go Gamecocks. This has been Behind the beat, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. Look for new episodes each week or browse the archives on the Apple Podcast app or by visiting jsugamecocksports.com. For more on Jacksonville State Athletics, visit the official website of the Gamecocks, jsugamecocksports.com, and follow JSU on social media by searching at JSU Gamecocks on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.